The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I've shared with you several times dreams that Brother Coverstone has had, Dana Coverstone. I'm going to share another one today. It's a very disturbing dream. Why am I sharing these? Well, first of all, because I believe he is an honest pastor. I don't think he would lie. I believe that these dreams are given as warnings from the Lord for America. And I believe these dreams are calling me, you, to pray, to cry out to God. It's very difficult to begin to understand where America is. We have slipped so far down. And if we go further down, this dream will surely come to pass. There must be, there must be a turning from the darkness. And there must be a coming to Jesus. So I'm going to share the dream. And then we'll talk about it. This is Dana Coverstone, November 9, 2020. Hey, everybody. It is uh, Tuesday, November the 17th. I'm going to share a dream that I had on November 9th, 2020, uh, last week. And I, I spent about a week just praying over this one, walking through this one, shared it with uh, both John and Cherie, and they're working on some things with it. But uh, it was one of those ones that just makes you think. I've had some folks ask me if I was still going to be putting dreams out. I, I don't go to bed saying, okay, God, give me a dream. I just simply am sharing what I saw. Um, and I do want to remind people that dreams are most of the time not literal. Uh, I've got 500 people saying nothing in those dreams has come true, and I've got 500 people saying everything in those dreams is coming true, and I've got half a dozen saying, oh, some's coming true, some's not. Dreams, for the most part, are not literal. They're symbolic. Uh, I do believe we're seeing some of the things happen for sure, uh, but we'll just go from there. Here, so here it is. Uh, it's a dream I had on November 9, 2020. I saw Abraham Lincoln at the Lincoln Memorial. And he was standing up at his seat with his right hand held up and was being addressed by Uncle Sam. Um, there were spotlights aimed at his head, and he was bathed in like this overwhelming light. And on the granite seat where he'd been sitting was a stack of law books, and on the bottom was a simple brown leather rawhide Bible that was larger and thicker than any of the other law books on top. His top hat, the hat that... Lincoln was known for using was was standing on top, sitting on top of the law books, and it kind of made the stack look like a uh, like a pyramid. Um, Uncle Sam asked him if he would tell the truth, the whole truth, so helping God. <clears throat> and Lincoln said, "That is all you will get from me on this day." Uncle Sam walked backwards uh, without turning around, and he stepped up onto a platform and removed his patriotic hat, and he whispered the words, "I am sorry," towards Lincoln. Then he shifted his eyes to his right and left, and then to the right again, as if he were getting acknowledgement from people behind him. A voice shouted very loudly, Get it over with already. 
And then a hand appeared and pulled the curtain along a piece of rope that appeared to be about 50 feet long. So they're just, just pulling a rope like this. And this made it appear as if the judge were standing in front of a large black backdrop and on each side hanging like almost like a banner waving down uh, <clears throat> was uh, a tattered American flag on a pole. Uh, Lincoln remained standing as if he had never considered even sitting on the seat. There were marks on his face like he'd been assaulted. He had a sling over his left arm and a bandage around his left hand with, with blood showing through the palm. And he kept a very stern face but was obviously in slight pain from whatever had happened. Uncle Sam cleared his throat three times and then he said, Hear ye, hear ye. The accused before you is here to admit his crimes publicly and will do so voluntarily. How do you plead, Mr. Lincoln? Not president, but Mr. Lincoln. President never blinked his eyes. He swallowed hard and he said, I won't. Uncle Sam winked at the president, asked again while grimacing in a way to get Lincoln's attention. I won't was repeated, and Uncle Sam looked back above and beyond the curtain behind him and then looked back wearily. Mr. Lincoln, you must make a plea. But Lincoln responded by saying, well, then give me a trial by jury after I do. Lincoln simply looked straight ahead and said nothing. Two men then walked up behind Uncle Sam. Each went to a side, and they whispered in both of his ears. And Uncle Sam grimaced, and he dropped his head as the two men went back behind the curtain. Uncle Sam then stood before Lincoln and the crowd of people who had appeared near the chair at the memorial. And this crowd was aggressive. Uh, mean-spirited, they held signs, and specifically they had torches in their hands. Lincoln stood taller and closed his eyes slowly after looking both to his right and his left, and at each of the men who stood behind Uncle Sam. And these people consisted of federal elected and appointed officials, governors, and judges in their robes. Uncle Sam walked up to Lincoln and whispered in his ear and revealed tears running down his cheek. He chucked back a sob, choked back a sob, and he said, Mr. Lincoln, you have been found guilty by those in power and are sentenced to death by hanging for it. Mr. Lincoln said, as the former president of this union, I deserve to know what I am accused of to begin with. I am an attorney, and I know what the law says. Uncle Sam stated clearly and precisely and with great struggle. We do not recognize the law of man or of God, and simply find you worthy of death. Your time is over, and a new dawn awaits those who will dwell on this earth. And at this time, the men standing behind Uncle Sam came forward, and they put a noose around Lincoln's neck, and they tightened it. <clears throat> then they pushed Uncle Sam forward while they threw the rope, the end of the rope, over a marble brace at the memorial. And they handed the end of the rope to Uncle Sam and saluted him. Uncle Sam held that rope in his hands for a very long time, and he wept. And then he faced Lincoln, and he said, I'm sorry, Mr. President. And at this statement, the men behind him pounded him about the head and neck until bruising began to appear in Uncle Sam's head. And they yelled at him and said this, you address him as Mr. Lincoln, nothing more. So Uncle Sam looked back at the men and said, you can hang me next for what I've allowed you to do to my conscience. He then started pulling on the rope. President Lincoln stood quietly and began to feel the tautness of the rope, when he, when he, but he reached backwards and began firing to grab something on his seat. 
As Uncle Sam strained to pull and hold the rope, Lincoln was trying to grab his Bible and was pushing the law books off of it. But his fingers were slipping off of the binding. He did get a hold of it, but the jerking of the rope made him drop it to the floor just as his feet left the floor. Lincoln's eyes, they showed compassion towards the elected and the appointed men in front of him. As Uncle Sam, holding the rope tight, would not look at anything but the floor. What's interesting to note in the dream, Lincoln never fought back after the Bible slipped from his hands. And now he was just swinging slowly. One of the judges, not the federal officials, one of the judges, spoke up and said, you can drop him now. And Uncle Sam very slowly and respectfully dropped Lincoln to the floor. He looked back at the men and he said, I hope you get what you deserve for this. Then he held his chest and he dropped to the floor. He was dead within seconds with his eyes wide open. And the crowd began to scatter, including the elected and appointed men who had been behind him encouraging this whole endeavor. At that very moment, the man appeared that I had seen in the dreams for so often. He knelt down beside President Lincoln and said, they didn't have any idea what they were doing. And now the nation needs to brace itself for what they deserve. He then walked over to Uncle Sam, closed his eyes tenderly and tapped the heart area three times. And he said, rest in peace, Uncle Sam. Sorry you had to see the ship go down. Then the man looked right at me in the dream, and he said, nation, specifically nation, brace yourself for fire and ice, and don't forget to anchor your soul. Had that dream last week. Um, I've said it before. I love American history. I've been at the Lincoln Memorial. I've been in Washington, D.C. as a child. A lot going on there. Um, so these dreams are, are, are becoming very historical in aspect. I'll share another one here in just a little while uh, that I had this week, this weekend, Sunday night, Saturday night into Sunday night and some more on Monday um, about Benjamin Franklin and some things happening with America. Um, they grip me. These, these dreams grip me. And, and once again, I remind people, I, you know, uh, I believe that most dreams are symbolic. Um, struggle sometimes when I see these things as dreams. And that's why I waited about a week on this one, just because it tears me up. It tears me up because I love this country. And, uh, and those that want to say when I use the word patriot, they're offended by that word, get over it. I love this country. I love America. I've been to 43 countries. I've seen a lot of the world. Um, and I've been to places uh, that aren't like ours. So just sharing this dream and uh, let you know what's, what was in it. I had this this last week. And uh, the main thing that was said was nation, brace yourself for fire and ice, and don't forget to anchor yourself. So I'm going to stop for just a little bit. I'll come back on about oh, 15, 20 minutes and do the, do the Franklin dream that I had last night. It's a very sobering dream. 
meaning is quite obvious. There are evil men, desperate men and women who want to destroy the Christian America, who want to utterly change us into a socialist or communist dictatorship. The scriptures were clear that this would begin to happen as we come to a one-world government and the Antichrist arising. What is so shocking is that it's happening in our lifetime. And what is our response? Lord Jesus, I, my heart's so troubled. I see darkness rising so quickly on this land. And I don't see men and women willing to repent of their sins and turn and get right with you. But instead, everyone wants everyone to go back to what it used to be. But Lord, you're not going to let it go back to what it used to be. It's almost time for you to come in glory. But Lord... I plead with you for America that we would not be swept away in fire and ice. I plead that you would stop us from just listening and walking away and trying to go back to our normal life. Lord, I've been preaching for so many years on this radio station, holiness and and repentance. But Lord, I, I have to tell you my experience is that most people want to continue in the way of darkness. They want to continue in the way of religion. They want to continue in, in the comfort of their fast food life. Lord, I'm praying for men and women who want to be disciples of yours, Jesus. Who don't want to be just churchgoers, who don't want to be just Christians. But men and women who want to be disciples and who will lay their life down to be a disciple. Lord, my heart is very disturbed at the thought of that which we have lived with such freedom in, the principles and the laws of America, the Constitution and the bylaws, the Bill of Rights. Lord, there are many who want to destroy all of these. They want to turn the Constitution into a living document so they can twist its rubber nose and make it into what they want it to be. 
And Lord, where's the church? Having their their online discourses. Terrified they might get COVID. Lord, the Chinese learned a long time ago that disobedience was required against the communist government. And so they gathered in homes quietly, secretly, and they were discipled. And they learned how to follow you. Lord, I'm asking that you would put that same spirit in the American church, that the American church would not roll over and just say, oh, if that's what we're supposed to do, okay, we'll do that. Anything for freedom to continue our lifestyle. Oh, Lord, there has to be a change in the church. Lord, the church has had too many concerts and too many too many parties, too many dinners, too many worship services with pastors telling telling jokes, laughing, too many sermons about unconditional love and grace and mercy with no word of the coming judgment. Lord, the judgment is upon us now. I know COVID-19 is a judgment that you have allowed to come upon this land. And you vomited us out of our church buildings. And yes, barely are Christians even beginning to venture back into their church buildings. And now they say COVID-19 is emerging again. And so stringent lockdowns are coming. Lord, is our life so precious and our lifestyle so precious that we've forgotten how to be disciples. Oh, Lord, if you don't spend, if you don't send a spirit of repentance upon this nation, we're going to perish, Jesus. I know you love your church. I know you love America. But I know you cannot allow us to continue as we are in self-righteousness, in pride, in arrogance. I know you can't allow us to continue our fast food lifestyle. I know it's time to shut down. And so you've shut us down. Lord, I know it's time for a spirit of conviction to begin to come upon God's people. A spirit of of sorrow and weeping. A spirit of compassion 
It's time for a great love of Jesus to rise in our hearts, O God. For he died for us. Mighty God, I come today pleading your mercy for America. Lord God, I plead your mercy for those who would destroy America. I must pray for them too, for you love them and you want them to repent and turn from the murder of their of the babies and to turn and repent for the the lying and the cheating and the casual wickedness. Lord, I know you love all men and you make the sun to shine on the on the wicked and the righteous. But I know we're coming to closing time. I know we're coming to a time when you're going to say, that's enough. Lord, you came to that with Sodom and Gomorrah and you sent fire from heaven and burned them. In this dream, you told Dana, fire and ice, judgment. Lord, I don't know what that means. But I know in the past, fire has fallen from heaven and consumed Sodom and Gomorrah because of their indifference to the suffering of others and their desire to continue their wicked lifestyle of self-absorption and sexual impurity and the degrading and the the violence toward others. Every thought of their heart was wicked. Lord, that's happening in America. It breaks my heart to even say such a thing. How is it possible in the land of the free, in the land of the brave? How is it possible, Lord, that we have fallen so far from your grace and your mercy? Lord, I pray right now for every person listening. I ask, Lord, for a spirit of of conviction. And for those who are still just wanting to be churchgoers, but have never laid their lives down for you, Jesus, I'm asking that that could happen today. Lord, I'm asking for a spirit of conviction and a spirit of repentance to come in amongst us in America. For I know we're going to be destroyed if we don't repent. Lord, I know it's time for a great revival to break forth. Lord, I... I invite people to come on Sunday morning, just a small home church, to come and worship and get serious with you. Nobody shows up except a few. Six or eight. That's it. Lord, where are all of those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, who are willing to lay their lives down, who are willing to be disciples? 
Lord, I know there has to be a dramatic change or we are all going to be swept away. The hanging of Mr. Lincoln. What a sad thought. It breaks my heart. And Uncle Sam, USA, finally dropping dead of a heart attack. Lord, it breaks my heart. I want prosperity and I want genuine family. I want service to one another. I want the very best of America that you installed through powerful preachers of righteousness. But Lord, the preachers have disappeared and the people want their ears tickled with pleasant messages. Lord, when will you change this? When will you come in great power and authority and change what's happening in this nation? When will you call us to repentance, judgment under repentance, not under destruction, O God? I plead that the destruction would be held back. But this judgment of COVID putting the fear in the hearts of men that they might die. Lord, how foolish. But no fear that they're going to be cast into the fire of hell. A self-assurance that, oh, I'm fine. God loves me unconditionally. I can walk in my sin and still be saved. God's grace covers me. Lord, it's utter foolishness and it's a lie. Almighty God. You've called us to repent, to turn from our wickedness. Lord, I plead for your mercy. I plead for your mercy for America. Lord, these dreams that you've given Dana Coverstone are very similar to the visions and dreams you gave to Jeremiah and Isaiah Ezekiel calling for repentance warning us that we would be destroyed and, and all that we have loved would be destroyed if we did not stop this downward spiral of lying and cheating Wickedness, lust, lust for power, lust for success, lust for sexual impurity. Lord, I come in the name of Jesus and I bind these wicked spirits that would destroy America. I take authority over them in the name of Jesus, and I say, you will not have America. 
America is the land of the free. It is the land of the brave. It is the land of the righteous and the holy. You shall not have it. I rebuke you, spirits of darkness, and I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Be gone. Lord, these spirits of discouragement and self-centeredness and anger and bitterness that have come upon your people, Lord God, we bind those spirits in the name of Jesus. We take authority over the darkness and say, you shall not have America. You shall not have this nation. It belongs to Jesus Christ. I claim America today for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, I know you are merciful. I know you are long-suffering. I know your heart is filled with tenderness and mercy, slow to anger. Would you restore the land, O Lord? Will you bring whatever judgment is necessary upon those who would lie and cheat and steal, who would destroy America? Lord, China has risen up and said, Mr. Biden, you must turn from believing that America is first. You must be concerned about all nations and not just America. Lord, America is not the world. We're one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Lord, China has cheated, and they have lied, and they have stolen. They've stolen intellectual properties. They've stolen technology. Lord, they are a, a wicked government a repressive and ugly government that has murdered millions upon millions of their civilian citizens who have persecuted the Christian church, who have killed pastor after pastor, who have beaten and tortured your people. Lord, I rebuke China in the name of Jesus Christ and say, would you settle this nation? Lord, I praise God a president has the courage to stand up and say, make America great again. But I know America cannot be great again if America is wicked and evil and given to every power of darkness. Lord, I know America can only be great when it is righteous and humble. America can only be great again when it is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ when the pulpits are filled with a fiery messages of repentance instead of unconditional love and lies about grace and sinning Christians. Lord, would you reclaim America as a Christian nation? Almighty God, I have watched America slowly and then 
more and more quickly. Slide down the hill with Hollywood and Netflix and videos and cell phones. Slide into utter depravity and wickedness. Lord, it's going to take a great awakening. It's going to take great preaching. It's going to take great revival. But more than anything else, it's going to take your Holy Spirit to come and rebuke our sin and turn our hearts back to you, Jesus. I stand by faith for that to happen now. For surely if it does not happen now, this dream that we've heard today will come to pass and America will be gone and it will be no more. Who do we think we are, Lord? Empire after empire has faded from history. Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, now America. Oh Lord, please come before we are destroyed. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I wish I could open it for you to pray. I trust you're praying with me in your home or in your office or in your car. Friday will be a prayer day. Tomorrow I'm going to deliver a message that I've thought a lot about. And it's time I speak this message very forcefully about discipleship. A brother preached a sermon recently saying we've made Church attenders, we've not made disciples. It's time for disciples. Are you tired of what's happening in your life? Are you tired of the COVID? Are you tired of the masks? Are you tired of the of the wickedness? Are you are you tired of all this? We're not going back to what we were. The economy is about to crash. Famine is already setting in across America. Middle America has has famine beginning already. People hungry. We're going to see people die in America from hunger. We really have only one hope. And his name is Jesus. I'm praying that I can open public meetings in a public place. I'm praying that the radio broadcast can be spread far and wide 
that people will hungrily search after the truth of the gospel and come under a deep conviction of sin. God has not called me to just pastor a herd of cheap sheep who just want to be churchgoers. It's time we get integrity and a backbone. It's time we stand up and say, I'm a Christian. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Time to lay our life down for Jesus and for each other. I know not many will listen to this broadcast because this is not what people want to hear in America. Dear sister, I think I told this, but I want to tell it again. A dear sister who is a very serious Christian, a follower of Jesus, listens every day to this broadcast. And she saw a hand reach down from heaven before this COVID thing happened. And in that divine hand, there was a huge bunch of grapes. Ripe, beautiful grapes. But those grapes began to fall one by one to the ground, and when they hit the ground, they exploded and turned into a a stinging, a large stinging insect. She was terrified, but they left her alone. And then she came out of the vision, and she said to me, COVID-19 is God's judgment against the wickedness of the world, including America. I believe she's right. I believe COVID-19 was a judgment from God to bring about repentance. Oh, my God wouldn't bring such a judgment. You want to bet. Read the scriptures. He brought all kinds of pestilence and and disease, and wild animals, storms against the children of Israel to punish them for turning away from him. You think he wouldn't do that again now to rescue his people and turn them to repentance? Yes, he would. My brother, my sister, Jesus loves you. He loves you enough to say, enough, You must come, and you must be baptized for real in the blood of Jesus. You must be washed clean. You must die with Jesus. You must be crucified with Christ. You must be born anew from above. My brother, my sister. America is coming to its end. Or America is coming to its beginning and God can use America to reach out to the world.
I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm seeking the face of God for you. Will you turn from your casualness? Will you turn from your churchanity? Will you turn from this wickedness, this coldness of heart, this casualness of spirit? Will you turn from that? Will you turn your televisions off? Will you stop your worldly entertainment? Will you get serious with Jesus about your life and about your family and about America? It's time. It's past time. We are where we are in America today because pastors wanted to be pleasers. We are where we're at today because the fire went out of the pulpits of America and there was no longer any confrontation of sin. It was all petting. The church has become a petting zoo. It's time for men and women to stand up. And say, enough is enough in my life. I'm going to turn away from this wickedness. I'm going to turn away from my bitterness and my anger, my self-righteousness. I'm going to turn away from my lust for money. I'm going to turn away from my lust for sexual gratification. I'm going to turn aside from the fornication and the pornography. I'm going to turn aside from ambition and my goals. And I'm going to turn to Jesus And I'm going to say, Jesus, I want to be your disciple. Teach me how to be your disciple. And many of you are going to have to turn away from your comfortable, joke-telling, smooth-tongued preacher who has a cotton candy Jesus. It's time to get serious with Jesus. Lord, I just come again. I don't want to even preach. All I want to do is pray for your people. I'm asking, oh God, for your mercy for your people and for America, for our president, for those who are standing in the gap against this wickedness that is sweeping across our land. Lord, I come, I come weeping before you for for the people you love, the families you love, who are preoccupied with paying their debts, earning their money, having their lifestyle. Oh, Lord. I know you're coming soon. And I know all of this will be over. But I know there's a great harvest you want before you come in glory. I'm asking for that harvest now in America. 
I'm asking that you would cause men and women to rise up and say, we will use our time, our energy, our money to promote the gospel of Jesus and to follow after him. Lord, thank you. I pray in your name. Amen. Well, we're almost out of time for this broadcast. I'm going to come back tomorrow. And I have a very stern and straight message for you about discipleship. And then Friday will be a day of prayer. I ask, prepare your hearts to pray. It's like pulling teeth to get anybody to pray. That's how far down we've slipped. It's like pulling teeth to get anybody to come and worship and be serious and be disciples because we've slid down that far into our easygoing McDonald's lifestyle. I'm willing to come and preach the word, but I need those of you who are faithful to Jesus to step forward and help cover the cost. We're still $2,500 short of having the money to pay for this month, and we're already past the 15th. I ask that you would give as God moves in your heart, and I'll stay on the air. And if the offering is large enough, we'll consider FM, and we'll consider public meetings. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Now, I'm also in a place where I need you to pray for me. My landlord has told me he's selling the house. That means the studio's going to have to be torn down and the house has to be packed. I have no idea how I'm going to do all that. And I have no clue where God will send me, where I'll live. Would you pray for me that I will have the strength to pack this house and the help to do it, and that he will find a house for me to live in? I'd like a place that has some country. I don't want to be in the midst of a crowded neighborhood. I want a place that's quiet. Two minutes. Pray for me to find that. I know I trust Jesus. He'll bring me to it. All he said to me is pack the house. So I'm packing. You can also go online to nationalprayerchapel.com and you can give online. Click on the upper right-hand corner of your, of your page. You can also email me at pardonforsin at aol.com. That's my personal email, pardonforsin at aol.com. 
I'd love to hear from you. You can call me at 703-489-1785. Don't call if you want to argue with me. I'm not in a place to argue with you. I'll say no, brother. I'm seeking Jesus. I'm looking for disciples of Jesus. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'm trusting Jesus. And I'm fasting and praying. I ask that you do the same. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>